Here we go! Hey there, my name is Bubba. My name's Anna. And you are tuned into Church Nerds, a back row morning show and a part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. Now, this show is made possible by listeners just like you and a strong partnership between Back Row Radio and Love Thy Nerd. And aside from being a founding member of the aforementioned Love Thy Nerd, which is a ministry that exists to love and serve our nerdy neighbors, I have almost eight years experience in nerd culture missions and well over a decade as a professional Christian on church staff. And fun little fact about me, I did not write a fun little fact about me. Oh, that's lame. But I I could say I could say something. Um I am worthless with my left hand. <laughs> Absolutely worthless. Okay. Well, yet you have a left-handed child. That's so. Uh, and know. mother and sister. Yeah, none of that is my fault. Well, I, I did all I could. Okay. Well, I'm Anna. I'm an Awana veteran, a Mission Year alum, a church staff wife, and a children's ministry worker. So that's all the... In, cr- or, in order. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that is, actually. <laughs> um, what I wanted to talk about today, though, is something that may not initially make sense for this episode, but ultimately it it's does. very thematic, very... Um, I want to talk about first celebrity crushes. Je- like, but just yours, though. Like, specifically. Well, we can hear about yours. I don't know who don't yours even, was. We didn't talk about me having one, so. I only know of one celebrity crush that you have, but like your first celebrity crush. Oh, my first crush? one? I got it. I've got it. Who? It's Topanga from Boy Meets World. I don't know. I haven't even ever watched you don't know that to- show. Man. I'm going to have to Google this Topanga. person. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Well, I saw this little thing that was, um, it was funny because I think it, I think it was like a a meme or something that somebody posted that was like, if your first crush had this haircut, (laughs) you probably need to take some ibuprofen for your back pain. (laughs) Um, And it was like, it was the butt cut that you used to have. Uh, Yeah. And it was like, I don't know who all of them were. Um, I think... JTT had JTT, it. JTT was definitely one Jonathan of them. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Which, to be fair, I don't know if I could define it as a crush, but I did think he was a little cutie pie. He was cutie pie. He was Simba. He was Simba. Simba. Among other things. I think- He the, was going to be a mighty king. A mighty king indeed. <laughs> with a very lame mane, well, apparently. You, you just needed to listen to his roar. That's all it was. Um- I think the last, I saw him as like a young man in something that was a Christian film. That checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Called something about grace. The young men that are Christians. Where he played the rough, like was doing community service kid yeah. who gets taken under the wing of somebody and then is radically transformed. Almost checks out with his character. In kind Home of like in the Buttercream Gang. The Buttercream <laughs> Gang. Get out of here. Um, however, what a terrible movie. By the way, <laughs> I'm sorry if that like goes and just like kicks you right in the nostalgia, but like that movie is trash. <laughs> <laughs> the shorts alone in that movie. 
Get, I haven't thought about the buttercream gang. Well, I'm glad uh. I could. I'm glad I could bring that up for you. Um, yeah, the other the other people in that photo though. I can, I okay. So you always get Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman. and Natalie Portman confused because they're the same Sometimes person. I get Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon confused in pictures of them when they're younger. That's and I don't know which one. Like without looking at it. I want to say Matt Damon because the eyebrows. Hey, Leo DiCaprio had kind of a butt cut there for a little bit. Well, that's the thing is it was like the heartthrob cut of the I know. early 90s. That's why I Holy had it. cow. <laughs> Don't ever do it again. Anyway. I, d- I did it uh, a couple of years ago for a podcast. You did? An episode of Beard Bros. Yeah, we, we did a <gasps> 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, dear. It was bad. And I didn't prep for it. I just was like, hey, I have hair. Huh? But the problem is with a beard, though. It was weird. Yeah, I mean. That is weird. Nobody. It was clean shaven all the way. Also, in this context, it was people who were not yet growing facial hair, which is what makes it a little weird. For context, don't Google butt cut. (laughs) Um, I'll just tell you what it is if you don't know what it is. It's it's a part down the the middle. The center part with the kind of longish, almost bowl cut hair. Yes, almost to the ears or sometimes a little bit Although Jonathan Taylor Thomas's was almost mullety. He had like the long in the back. Yeah. Um, but real talk, celebrity, like first actual crush. And this was kind of before I didn't really have crushes at this point. Uh And I thought everybody was like stark raving mad over Justin Timberlake. (sighs) And I was like, that doesn't, that's dumb. It's dumb to have a crush on a celebrity. And then I went and saw Lord of the Rings (laughs) and I saw Legolas the Elf Ooh, and felt feelings Orlando for him. Bloom, is it hot in here? Is it just <laughs> me? And it was very, yeah, it was very weird, I guess, because he's an elf. Also, he looked nothing like himself. Orlando Bloom did not look like Orlando Bloom no, no. in that movie. Um, and I really feel like we've talked about this before in an episode. I don't know why. Oh. I feel like we have. And we so if, if we're saying this again, I'm sorry. But that's that's the whole thing is like that bleach blonde straight hair. Definitely no facial hair. I don't know what that weird stuff is that he lets grow on his face. He just needs to stop that. He can't. It's it, it's his carryover from his and then, uh, like, Pirates of the Caribbean days. Orlando Bloom has brown eyes and that just doesn't do it for me, apparently. Like it has to be the blue contacts, yeah. the bleach blonde hair with the little braid. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I look the way that I do. I just, Have you ever seen me? Yes. <clears throat> I just to remind like her what a real man one looks of, like. One of the nerdiest things about me is just that little fact. Um, yeah, and I, we may end up getting into this uh, later as we delve a little bit deeper, a lot of bit deeper into Lord of the Rings and what have you. Um, but... That air, Middle Earth mm-hmm. is like your nerd mecca. Yeah, I didn't like full on cosplay to go to see the movies. It definitely was a tradition that like, I don't think we went opening night, but it was, I mean, we went real soon. Oh, yeah. And I think I didn't go, I didn't cosplay, but I maybe did like an elf braid thing. Maybe. Um, Who could tell? And... 
I mean, yeah, I was just all about that elf life. All the, I mean, aesthetically, elves. In practice, hobbits are where it's at. <laughs> okay, I don't even know where to go with that statement. I wouldn't you rather live in the Shire than with with the elves in a tree? I don't know, man. And just like ride around on horses and be boring. I do kind of enjoy the idea of second breakfast served all day. Yeah, kind of a deal. Um, they eat all the time. They hobbits, drink all the time. Hobbits are fun. <laughs> they smoke. <laughs> Pipe weed. Yeah. <laughs> they smoke their pipe weed and just lay in, lay in the in the fields in their thickets and generally just like be busy, but only about certain things and don't have adventures. That's no. <laughs> now you're just quoting it at this well, point. I mean, that that's just the thing. Yeah, and that's kind of where I am. I'm a homebody to the max, like to the max, and sometimes. So, I'm not all about adventures. Sometimes I don't you like wanna, driving through the mountains. Sometimes you want to get out of the house, and I'm like, let's not. If there's a dragon on top of a mountain somewhere, just let that thing be there and just stay at home. But what if you talk to the dragon? And what if you talk back Benedict to you, and it was Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> and he kept saying, penguin, penguin. 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 <laughs> penguin. Fun fact, oh, um, he cannot he say cannot that say word. He cannot say penguin. He's embarrassed about it. It's fine, though. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to be talking about some weird stuff. Uh, it is going to be very Lord of the Rings-centric and heavy, uh, but something happened in the perfect crossover between <laughs> the church world and the nerd world. Um, and we're going to come back and talk about that. And so if you want to know more about the cryptic thing that I'm saying, because I really want you to come back, um, you probably already read the title. No probably big deal. Probably so. But just come back after the break and uh, listen to some sweet tunes in the meantime. But we're going to be right back here on Back Row Radio. We are back with church nerds, and this week we're we're going to talk about, like I said, something that's a little bit weird, a little bit different, a lot of bit confusing. Definitely confusing. Um, most of the time, a lot of just why. Yeah, a lot of the time we were preparing for this episode was just like you and I going back and forth and going, huh? Yeah, but but what? Uh, what? Why? Uh, and some face palming. A lot of face palm. A lot of face palm. So, without further ado, um, let's go ahead and dive into our main topic for this week. Uh, like every once in a while, there is this this event that happens, this thing that falls perfectly in the neighborhood on the Venn diagram for us, which is the overlap between nerd world and the church world. And so, <laughs> one such moment was brought to our attention uh, this week, and we wanted to share with you. And so, mm -hmm. Anna, take it away. Oh, all right. Well, so like beep, 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 yeah, beep, I hear you beep, newsreel, yeah. uh, ticker tape on the bottom, just surfacing from an event that happened over a month ago. In June, yeah. <laughs> June 12th. So leadership at an event called Transformation Now, which aired on Bethel TV, mm -hmm. um, the leadership attempted to cast out the spirit of racism with the staff of Gandalf podcast over yeah. like just Gandalf from 
Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, the 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 wizard from the beloved trilogy yeah. of J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Um, and even more specifically, I'm going to say is Peter Jackson's interpretation. 100%, of, yes. Of Ian, Sir Ian McKellen's yes. <laughs> interpretation of Peter Jackson's interpretation of J.R.R. Tolkien's Gandalf mm-hmm. from Lord of the Rings. Yes, yeah. I mean, it was Thus saith kind the Lord. of specific, yeah. I think. Um, whether or not it was their intention to end up like center fire in Christian media because they were... Like, there are accusations of them practicing witchcraft in their service. Mm, I'm guessing that probably was not what they were going for, but it is definitely what is happening. I can guarantee you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that they did not go into that with that idea. I don't know if they went into it with any idea, if I'm being honest. So, I mean... There are weird weird people doing weird things in mm-hmm. churches, and that has been kind of a thing since the beginning of yeah. Christianity. I think Paul spent a lot of time going and cleaning up some of that <laughs> Yeah, big time. Um, so, but I mean, in the world of weird things that happen in churches, this is like, you know, it's kind of up there. Bethel's pretty well known for... Mm. Amongst conservative Christian circles. Which is something that we want to address. Yes. Which is like our, I guess, intention with this specific podcast. Yeah. We do not, this will not be a Bethel bash. That's not what we're here for. We're here to address a very specific thing that happened that the world is looking at. Mm -hmm. People that are outside of the purview of Christian media are looking at this thing and Scratching their heads, laughing out loud, Mm -hmm. uh, severely berating and attacking on both sides, Christian and otherwise. And so we just want to take at it, take a look at it and examine it. We're going to ask a couple of specific questions about it. Which, I mean, like we said, Bethel, they've been sort of bearing scrutiny from the conservative Christian community for quite a while because they have... Some practices and some theology that's like, "Eh," you know, Um, and so when we were going in, like we had to research to talk about this. And in all honesty, it wasn't Bethel staff that did this. Not directly. So so Bill Johnson is the senior like. Ed Honcho, El Jefe over there. Yeah, I think senior leader, they call yeah. him, at, at Bethel. He was speaking at this conference. Right. And the and that, the conference was where this happened. And that he was, I don't think he was on the stage doing the thing, but then it was aired. Yeah, on Bethel TV. On Bethel TV. Yeah. And so then all the people who are already kind of Bethel haters yeah. are like, we told you so. We just, you know, they're... They're showing their true colors and whatnot. Yeah. So, he, so what? What happened? What was the thing? How did it go down? Yeah, you can hear the words. Bethel uses Gandalf's staff to cast out spirit of racism, and that still doesn't quite paint the picture. If anything, it just leaves you with more questions. Lucky which for you're us, you're still going to have those questions after you watch it. Lucky for us, there is a video that exists of this thing happening, mm-hmm. and we're not going to play it because that's 
It's you have you need to see it. Right. This is very visual. Yeah. There are a lot of words that happen, <laughs> which is you know fine, but it's it would be terrible audio podcasts, right? Radio, yeah. Segment. So, so link. We're in gonna link show notes. for sure. <laughs> Please go and watch it. It is hard to watch. It's very cringy. Yeah. Yeah. I say that now. Like for me, it was hard to watch because again, kind of knowing a little bit of what I know about Bethel and theology and stuff like that. And also really, we'll talk about this later, what I know about Lord of the Rings and from a nerdy standpoint. Mm -hmm. And it just, for me, I watched a lot of it through my own fingers. Right. Um, And so it it was super cringe for me. Yeah. Big time cringe. But. And I mean, if you watch it, it kind of looks like nobody really knows what's happening. The whole time, like they have this very loose plan of what's going to happen, but there's not real. They don't have like a click track. No, for yeah. it. If, if you're in like musical terminology, it's just not. This was not necessarily listed in a program no. with an order of how it was going to go. It's just kind of like fly by the seat of your pants last second. And the clip says that. Uh, like they, they address that at the very beginning of the clip. They thank everybody for sticking around and for bearing with us as we figure this out. Because as the conference was going on, um, you know, uh, there was one of, one, of the, one of the women had a vision, had a prophetic vision based on some of the things that had been said and portrayed, you know, to her through um, the other, um, you know, leaders of the conference. And Mm -hmm. so it just was like, had a vision. Let's. So now this is going to be an addition to our like program of events. (laughs) And so nobody had any idea Uh what was going down. So the gist of it is. She speaks a little piece about the spirit of racism in America Mm -hmm. and that we're all guilty of participating in it and that it needs to end in the church and gives a sort of synopsis of this moment in Tolkien's book, specifically Fellowship of the Ring. And it's the scene with the Balrog and... Specifically, the movie, like that's what she's she's drawing on. She never mentions the book. She is an actress. Uh-huh. And so she's like, I'm an artist and these things ring with me. And I'm like, man, I get that. I'm sure. here for that. So she references, you know, they're in the the mines of Moria and, um, yeah. you know, they're crossing the bridge and the Balrog's mm-hmm. following them. Mm-hmm. And then Gandalf turns around and you shall not you pass. You shall not pass. That's and, this, this is the moment. And so let's all take hold of the, a staff oh, yes. and say together. Sp- you know, perp- this is, this is uh, very important. Has the staff? Yes. There's a there is a staff, an actual uh, representation of a wizard staff. Yeah, replica something. It's not Gandalf's staff. We could go and into I a don't thousand. Think it had this crystal in it. Didn't have the crystal. Didn't have the pipe. <laughs> had none of that stuff. You know. So it's like I'm still skeptical about the pipe thing. I got to go back and watch get it. Get out of here. It's there. <laughs> um, so like it wasn't Gandalf's staff. It was a representation of right the giant wooden stick. So that's the, and she's got a cloak-ish She on. did. She kind of, it wasn't the right color and it didn't have the little like leaf thing, but. I kind of felt like she looked a little bit more like Ray of, of the Hobbit. She, a little bit, yeah. A little was, bit more like Ray. Yeah, maybe. But a, a traveler's cloak sort of look. Yeah. And. She was doing a little again, bit of cosplay. Uh, yeah, again, yeah. just, you know, creating a little bit of drama. I can get behind it. Which 
is not unheard of. Mm. But the yeah, the weird the weird part starts when she says everybody needs to hold on to this staff. So there are senior leaders on stage. All by on the way. stage with her. Yeah. yeah, everybody needs to hold on this staff to this staff, and she kind of tries to include the audience in that moment. Yeah. Mentions that they need to have anointed their doorposts, mm-hmm. and then we're all going to say together in unison, she says, thou shalt not thou pass, shalt, well, I mean, which bothered me because it's actually you well, shall not pass. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but they do this, and then like she makes them repeat it a number of times. Three and, times. And it was that- Well, and that, they're slamming the staff- Slamming, yes. the, yeah, like pick, the every, everybody's stage. got a everybody's got a hand on the staff uh-huh. on stage, and they. It, we'll talk about the how things happen here in a minute, like the the order of things, because it's it's important. Um, but one time they stamp the staff, and then they say it like they stamp it on mm-hmm. thou, mm-hmm. Um, which is not what Gandalf did. Um, but <clears throat> it just like every, everything seemed very. Weird and and dis, disjointed and nobody. You could see the look practiced. on people's faces. It wasn't, yeah, and yeah, a little cringy on their faces. Yeah. To be honest, so, at certain points. So this was this was a raw like fresh run yes. of this. Yes, and they're telling people, you need to go home and do this. Mm-hmm. You need to, in order, you need to go home, anoint your doorpost, well, it, and then stand in front of your door with your staff. And do this three times. And, but confusingly as well was like, we are declaring the spirit of racism dead as of, in the ecclesia, in the ecclesia so in the church, yeah. uh, as of tonight, June 12th. Yeah. At, uh, whenever 30 it 30, was, yeah. Probably 10.30 p.m. Uh, California time. Yeah. Pacific Standard? Yeah, the Pacific. Pacific. Pacific, yeah. Pacific, I don't know. Anyway. Um, so that, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And so then the Twitter eventually got a hold of this. One and month later. Was, there was a tweet that was like, you know, people have been accusing Bethel of practicing witchcraft. Yeah. And I was like, well, ah, they do weird things, but witchcraft, uh, shows footage of, <laughs> of Bethel, of Bethel on stage with actual wizard staff. You know, it's like, it, and, then, and then the end was like the Will Smith's, Will Smith's face from the Red Table interview. Um, yeah. And so, like, th- th- it's a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. So this is not a joke. No, this was not. This is not sarcastic in it any way, shape, or a form. Satire. Nothing. Thing. This was actually something that happened. This was an apostolic decree. That was the phrasing that they used. It was a prophetic apostolic vision and decree that they wanted everybody to go home and do. So this this was not allegorical. This was not, uh, you know, just a point of reference of, do you remember that one time in in the movie and wasn't that cool? And what if we could symbolic – this was a go home and do this thing. That we did not really show you how to do very well on stage. <laughs> no. Also, do people just have wizard stuff in their house? Stabs in their houses. I want. I, I, I want to believe. I want to believe that they they tweeted out I like an Amazon wish list. That several you could... decent sticks that have fallen out of trees. Yeah, I don't. It, I, 
Maybe it had to be a, a specific one. Like I, I have so much. Would a broom work? Mm, I think you're crossing over into another area, <laughs> which is the question. This is the first question that we want to ask because like it is, it's, it's so dang important to really frame this properly because one of the things that people have been saying is Bethel practices witchcraft. witchcraft. And so. Burn, burn. It's a witch. It's, it's a, a witch. I'll go better. Uh, so, you know, it's one of the one of the things that we want to do and that like very specifically, this is a question I wanted to ask is. Is it witchcraft? Like, is it? Yeah. Yeah. That was that was so, my main thing is what what is witchcraft and not necessarily even like how is witchcraft defined? We're not talking now. hocus pocus. What? You know, when God is like, don't do it. Yeah. What was that? And so I did a little bit of research on that. So first of all, when, a, when, when we talk about witchcraft in the Bible, um, a lot of like the commandment against it is in uh, Deuteronomy 8, 18, 9 through 14. So I'm going to read that. And I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation because um, the NASB was a little bit kind of lofty to yeah. understand. So um, Moses is speaking to the people and this is when they're getting ready or to um, take over the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. And he says, when you enter the land your Lord God is giving you, so Canaan, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering, mm, or some word. versions read, never make your son or daughter pass through the fire. Um, so that's that was yeah. basically child sacrifice, and that yeah. was performed on the regs in, you know, these big, yeah. Big civilizations, time, bail worship, and stuff yep. like that. There is there are a lot of disturbing pictures of, like like uh, artist representations of like mouths of monsters. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like mm-hmm. Molech yep. and stuff like yep. that. Um, so obvi- if Bethel ever is doing this, then that's an obvious no. No, yeah, we'll have another no episode human about that. sacrifice. <laughs> and do not let your people practice fortune telling, or use sorcery, or interpret omens, or engage in witchcraft. There's that word. Bing, bing, bing. Or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. So I was looking like, you know, it's important to me to understand like Hebrew root words and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so I was looking up just some of these terms and trying to compare them with what are we looking at with this event? And was that even close to the same kind of thing? And kind of what I uncovered. So we've got like divination, which is false vision yeah, you know, I mean, kind of like type of thing. Rolling bones or interpreting entrails, trying to use different so, ways. Yeah, like so that's the that's the term that the New Living Translation yeah. associates with fortune telling. So it's kind of you know trying yeah. to figure out the future a little bit from you know uh, weird things. Sure, um, interpreting omens and sorcery are both kind of associated with like hissing. Yeah. Um, muttering magical words or incantations. Parcel tongue. Got it. 
That's right. So in the Old Testament, yeah, yikes. Okay, so right. I got the, you. Don't worry the, about this. In the Old Testament, um, this word for sorcery, sorcery or sorcerer, was really only used in relation to idol worship. Um, but the one that was interesting and in that we kind of focused on a little bit was about casting a spell. Mm-hmm. Which is, it basically means to unite or to tie a magic knot. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, using this specific group of, of elements of yeah. something and that together they somehow have a a, re, a magical result. Yeah. Um, and it was like, well, I mean, that's the only thing out of all of those things. Yeah. To say that this event was witchcraft, that's the only tie that I could make, Mm. potentially. Yeah, potentially, right? Because we were talking about this, and I kept coming back to one of my favorite shows, and it's it's nailed it on Netflix, right? (laughs) So... To me, you know, I, I have this idea in my brain of, you know, witches and stuff that I've seen in movies and, uh, you know, video games and, you know, uh, board games and all sorts of stuff, like the different mediums that I've seen witches and stuff like that in. But really when you break it down and you kind of kind of peel back a lot of the, I don't know, what the, the, the media, you know, kind of the, the flying around on brooms kind mm-hmm. of, a, you know, the, the, like the... The exaggeration right, of the it all. cauldrons of boiling yeah. oh, ingredients. Which is woo. Always you know. a toad in there somewhere yeah. and lots of warts. Lots of warts, poison apples, like a lot of that stuff. <gasps> you know, I mean, just the, just the idea when, when we say witch, you're like, oh, yeah, Sabrina, absolutely. Pointy um, hats. Pointy hats, um, you know, Halloween, all sorts of stuff. But when you really pu- pull all of that back, it like witchcraft and Wicca and all that stuff like that. Those that is a legitimate religion that exists in the right. world today. Yeah, and a lot of it is is very it's very herbal, very earth healing, very um, you know being at one with the elements around mm-hmm. you kind of a deal. But they do spells and incantations and stuff like that, and that that's a legitimate thing that they do and that they practice. And we're not going to get into the weeds of all of that, but one thing that is very specific about it is how they do it. Like that is, that's the the difference in- Like actual method. Yeah. So for me, the reason that like nailed it comes into this um, is kind of kind of comical, but kind of on the head for me a little bit here. The, it's important how they practice. You know, we lose that as, as Christians a lot of time because it's, well, how does it make you feel? Like, how do you do this? Like our our rituals and our, you know, things that we do and have done for hundreds of thousands of years or whatever, like that, we've lost that along the way. Um, And every different sect of Christianity has a different way that they do almost the same thing. Um, You know, how do we do baptism? How do we do this? How do we, you know, how do we do communion? Like Mm -hmm. we we have different ways that we do them. Um, And the same, yeah, the same can be said, um, you know, in, in different variations of like, you know, Wicca and stuff like that. But it, it still comes down to like, this is the recipe. This is the formula. This is the way that you do it because it's not an accident. Like if, if you're trying to do X, Y, Z, this is the way to do it. This is the recipe. And to me, if we're going to take what Bethel did, I have to take it loosely, as witchcraft, it was nailed at witchcraft. <laughs> Um, very poorly done. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's confusion on the stage. 
Nobody really knows. Barely came up with it this morning. I mean, that is the equivalent of saying, words not quite right. Make, Timing not quite right. Yeah, make make the whale cake. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I I did that. I know, and we nailed it. Hey, but anyway, like that to me, that's that's kind of what I think is like. Did it look like what witchcraft? seeks to be or is or anything like that you know I'm, and i'm not advocating go and do witchcraft please don't hear me say that but like it's it's very ritualistic it's very follow these steps in this order kind of a deal and i mm-hmm. think they tried to do that on stage but they didn't because they weren't <laughs> practiced they didn't know and then to turn around and say now you go home and do this i really truly feel like that was dangerous Maybe not a great idea. That was a Maybe terrible. Maybe not something we should ex- repeat this experiment. Terrible idea, <laughs> because as as a Christian, I you know I believe that we battle against forces that are not of this world, mm-hmm. and when we do stuff and engage in things that we do not understand, and we do them haphazardly, I think that there are bad things that can come from that. Right. I mean, so like we're talking about playing bloody mary and séances and and little Ouija board things. Yeah, and maybe not those things specifically. Okay, but, but like dabbling into yes. something and then things sometimes actually happen. Yeah, absolutely. And so like I, you know, hey, not trying to freak you out or anything. Um, but the fact of the matter is I personally do not believe that what they did on stage was witchcraft. And if it was, it was the sloppiest witchcraft. I've ever seen. I mean, we're talking like year one Harry Potter stuff, like Ron Weasley yeah, trying yeah, to cast on, spells. On the train on the yeah, way to Hogwarts. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like it just – is it any wonder that the spirit of racism was not cast out that night? It doesn't seem like it has been cast out yes. so far to me in the church, just as an observer. So, though crazy amounts of weird – Probably not witchcraft, um, and I, I really, I really think that it's important that we we classify that properly, because it's really easy to go. The hand of staff, I did it on stage as witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Nah, man. Mm-hmm. Like, probably to people who practice witchcraft and Wicca, they're probably <laughs> offended. Yeah, when we were talking about this, it was like, well, this is like if somebody was like. Oh yeah, Christians. Uh, the Jehovah Witnesses just came to my door and us being like, "No, yeah, oh no, Mormonism, what? absolutely, yeah, I love that's Christian. Not, no, Oof. not Christian. Uh, well, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Thought we were done. Yeah. Oh man, but we do need to end this segment. Um, we're gonna come back uh, here in a short bit after the break, and when we do, we're gonna be talking about the nerdy side of it okay so we did spiritual side barely just skimmed across the surface really i mean and we we would be so willing to have a deeper and longer conversation with this personally yeah it's just hard on a podcast not to say that we figured it all out but we would love to have the conversation so hit us up on church nerds uh hit hit us up on church nerds how about you hit us up on twitter (laughs) <laughs> at Church Nerds LTN. We have our own platform. It's and fine. let's let's talk about it. I mean, I'm interested and Anna's interested in having that conversation with you. But when we do return, we are going to be talking about 
the Lord of the Rings nerdy side of it. That's the other thing that we can add to this conversation. Mm. Um, and what were they trying to do? Yeah. And what did Gandalf do? Right. Like, what was his role and what happened on Why that Why was that story so significant that she wanted to bring it up? Absolutely. Because I do think that... Well, we'll get into it here in a minute. All right. Hey, we'll be right back here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to Church Nerds, and if you are just now tuning in to Back Row Radio or on the Live 365 app, in the last segment we talked about a weird thing that happened recently involving a wizard staff and the spirit of racism in America. So, (laughs) I can't, that sentence is just ridiculous. (laughs) So now we want to move past that a bit. We talked religiously about it. I wouldn't say necessarily Christianly. We talked religiously about it? Or we talked about it from a religious standpoint. We talked about it from a religious standpoint. Got it, okay. Um, I don't want to say we talked about it Christianly because we did talk about, you know, Wicca and witchcraft and, you know, the herbalism and spirituality and stuff like that. So we talked about it from a religious mm-hmm. standpoint. Now, we have a Christian worldview. Right. And our our view on that, spoiler alert, was that it wasn't necessarily textbook witchcraft. Yeah. Um, That's, I mean, to make that accusation, it's 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 reaching. It's it's a it's a harsh generalization of it. Um, yeah, you can disagree with Bethel for a yeah. number of reasons, but that's a pretty wait till they actually do it, um, and then you'll know. Uh, and maybe maybe there are some other things that you can point towards that would be more sure. more accurately witchcraft than that. Sure, point at those things. Mm-hmm. This was just weird. Um, yes, yeah. yes, but. Now it's time to actually talk about the Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, there's a good reason that this woman wanted to bring up that this moment in that story. Yeah. Because the Lord of the Rings, I mean, this story has been well beloved by Christians for like decades. Oh, yeah. Um, quite a while, which it's kind of funny because like... Hopping a train on off of platform nine and three quarters is mm-hmm. super. That was off limits, yeah, for sure. But I a journey through Middle Earth. Let's is go. Definitely kosher. Let's definitely go. acceptable and maybe even respectable. Yeah, despite the fact that preachable <laughs> there are wizards in both Harry Potter's universe and mm-hmm. Frodo Baggins' universe. So I think, yeah, what's the, the difference? The main difference is that we don't see how the wizards are trained in Lord of the Rings. So. Uh, I mean, so what's the deal? Why why is Lord why is Lord of the Rings okay? Why do why do Christians find such power powerful imagery? I should say yeah. we shouldn't be finding power in it because mm-hmm. I think that's the question here. Yeah. But powerful imagery in the Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I obviously uh, you know first and foremost it was written by a Christian author and it was written basically and edited in a Christian cohort. Um, with C.S. Lewis and you know a couple other people, and you and I have gone round and round about. Um, well, I mean, that's an exaggeration. No, we disagree. We went round and round. Uh, yeah, we we kind of agreed to disagree on you know the intentional allegory nature, so allegoric nature. What I have heard is that unlike C.S. Lewis's works, 
the Chronicles of Narnia, which mm-hmm. were intentionally written as an allegory to Christianity, right? And kind of the greater, the great story mm-hmm. um, that J.R.R. Tolkien's works are not—they were not written intentionally as an allegory. People definitely find allegorical yeah. elements. I mean, and really, whether or not that was intended, people find them because. J.R.R. Tolkien was a believer, yeah, and his worldview was inseparable from his universe. Yes, and you, like I said, you think about how he wrote them, who he wrote them with. Um, you know, not that you know C.S. Lewis gets a byline or anything like that, but like he, he, that was the cohort. Um, and I think that those were the influences that were on him, and I that's that's why I like yeah, you can say. Well, it wasn't intention. I did not write it with Jesus and the story of man in in mind. And I look at that and go, yeah, you did. I'm like, get out of here, man. You sure, sure you didn't. It, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Who cares? Right. Because, I mean, Star Wars isn't written as an allegory, but I think we can find... We can find ways to use it allegorically. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes there's just a moment where something resonates with you. Yeah. Um, but it's just we find a lot, a, a lot. lot of those moments in The Lord of the Rings. Um, and, and Gandalf. Uh, Gandalf. As a character. Well, I mean, you could talk about him. Gandalf, Gandalf, Gandalf. So like that, this is now, where. Now, to be clear, you have not read the, Silmarillion. the actual yeah. Lord of the Rings books but you've seen all the movies i have had them read to me thank you very <laughs> no. much yeah uh-uh. you read no only the hobbit oh, i have only hobbit. read you the hobbit the lord of the rings see the whole the thing is the hobbit is actually a children's st- story <laughs> and the lord of the rings are very yeah heavy yeah very, very adult <laughs> um so gandalf this is he this is the crux of the story um it was his st- Symbolic staff that was used on the stage at the oh, conference. this is the crux of the story of this podcast. Yes. Not of the story of the Lord of the Rings. Not, well, I mean, like no, a lot of really. a lot of it revolves around Gandalf. So, well, it's hard to say what the crux is. There's a lot going on. Yeah, you're like, well, it's the ring or it's Frodo or it's, you know, the, the rise and fall of, you know, uh, Sauron or like it just, it, there's so many, so many main characters in that, in that series that it, it really lends itself to a lot of people latching on to one thing or another. It's really, it's great. It legitimately gives you a journey mm-hmm. through Middle Earth. And so, but if if I had to really kind of look at it from a thousand feet away, I might kind of focus on Gandalf. You think? I think so. I don't think I would. I do, because G- Gandalf, Gandalf is a character that he he perpetuates through the whole thing. So mm-hmm. in in the lore of, I wouldn't even say Middle Earth because it, it goes back before that. When you when you pick up in Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, you were squarely in the Third Age. Well, because actually Gandalf's role begins before Gandalf was I mean, Gandalf he was, was in created, but well before the Hobbit. Well, I know, but you know. Yeah, so I mean, we're we're not going to get too deep in the weeds because holy moly. There, there are weeds. Definitely people have fought. They spend a lot. We, You were looking up a summary about Gandalf and like the first sentence of it. 
Unless you have yeah. been very deeply engrossed in the universe of Middle Earth. Yeah. Or even, I don't, I feel like Middle Earth wouldn't even cover it. <laughs> no. You're just not going to understand any of it. No. I didn't. Well, and I don't, I don't think that you're meant to. I think I'm just that, not willing to spend quite that much time studying it, I guess. Yeah. Tolkien did a, actually a really majestic job of creating basically a universe. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote... I mean, you wrote languages and all sorts of stuff, written and spoken. Um, and so it just was, it was crazy the way that, that he created this. But um, goes back, and I'm not going to use all of the weird names. We'll put the link in the description, all right? Because I don't want to butcher them on this podcast. But Gandalf was not Gandalf in the beginning. So the God character, okay, he ends up creating a bunch of beings and these are the like archangel characters of the story. So again, I'm going to be using like Christian, alle- you know, um, allegories for how, how I'm interpreting what's going on here. Mm-hmm. God character creates out of like this musical moment, um, creates these characters and they end up becoming, you know, like they're, they're the wizards in the world. And so it, it gets really interesting really quick when you start thinking about Sauron and how, you know, he he was one of the wizards, but then sides with, you know, Sauron. Mm-hmm. And so like kind of that fall from, sound familiar a little bit here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it, there, are, there are tons of that stuff there, but Gandalf himself um, ends up coming down and they, they become these advisors um, to the Council of Man, basically. On and hobbits and elves d- d- yeah, and dwarves. Middle Earth, okay? So like to, <laughs> d- down to the world and comes as not this, you know, angelic creature. Right. But as an old man mm-hmm. um, because the idea behind that was. Who makes amazing fireworks. Yeah, it's good. W- whizzy poppers. What are they called? Whiz bangers? What does he call them? Whiz whiz poppers. Whiz poppers, yeah. I think so. If that was the only thing he did, magical in the whole dang book or movie that'd be the coolest thing in the world like sign me up um but anyway so he comes down and like they all come down they become advisors and the the idea was that you know these these creatures in middle earth would be more apt to take counsel from an old wise man than they would you know an angelic creature and so so that you think about that, like this, this is the power that is inside of these wizards. So next time you go and you watch Two Towers and you're watching, you know, Saruman and, um, you know, Gandalf fight on the top of uh, all the way through the tower and then on the top of the tower, just think about that. Like this is like, this is a big battle. This is not just. Was that in the Two Towers? I think it was in the Two Towers. I don't think was so. Was it in the first one? Yeah, because, because he. Had to have been in the first one. Yeah. Because he was still Gandalf moment. the Grey, yeah. and when he did that with You're someone, right. um, yeah. So, so anyway, think about that next time you see that or read that in the, in in the book or the movie. Like this is this is a big like cosmic battle that's happening, literally between like good and evil, right? Um, and you know, pure and impure intentions, and so, like this is Gandalf, um, and he was he was considered. He was considered the wisest by those who knew him and who he was and where he came from and what he represented. Um, he was 
not considered that by people who didn't respect him. He was considered an old fool and all sorts of stuff. Um, but by the elves who are, let's just be real, like they're the upper echelon of the creatures <laughs> that exist, right? Boyfriend material. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, jinx. No, you can't jinx me. Oh, okay. Witchcraft. <laughs> um, you know, so like that's that's what we see. Um, and, and he actually ends up becoming, spoiler alert, Gandalf the White. And he like comes back and he's riding on this. How dare you spoil this story? Well, if you haven't seen it by now. Um, comes back as Gandalf the White, like a big, awesome, bright staff, white robes, white horse, whole nine yards. So this is what we see. When he comes back, and then he has great power. So, like, that's the book ends of, of what happens. And he always has, like, these pure intent. He wants to help out Frodo. He's trying to get the ring. He's always trying to, like, guide him in the right direction because he doesn't have a feeling that these are the things that are going to happen. He knows that these are the things that are going to happen. You got to get the ring back to Mount Doom. And he wouldn't, and he couldn't do it himself. You have to have a fellowship. It has to be you. Like the like these are specific things that need to happen in order for because he would want to use the the ring for good if he had it. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, like, well, it, no, what is it? He it, just says, "Don't tempt me, Frodo." Yeah, and when he Frodo gets real mad like, at him. You do it. He gets real mad at him, <laughs> and so like, like it's there, there's even a moment um, in the story where like Gandalf. Uh, it was, uh, oh, the necromancer, like that part. And like, everybody's like, oh, you know, it's just, it's this necromancer. It's all that stuff. It's this, it's that. But Gandalf knows he's like, that is not just any necromancer. That's Sauron. Like, I know this. And if you go back into his story, like you get, read the Silmarillion or just Google it. But you, you have like when Gandalf is actually sent down basically commissioned to be a part of this group that goes down that, you know, helps out these, you know, these people, this people group. He actually does not want to do that because he is afraid of Sauron because bad guys will basically do anything, right? Like to, to do what they need to do. And, you know, Batman always beats people up, doesn't kill people, you know? So like there, there are barriers and stuff like that, but dancing around the bookends of, uh, of what's happening here and why why would somebody want to use that particular moment on a bridge as an allegory or as an actual um thing to do to stop something from happening well i mean so that's that's the whole thing is it's it's awesome to find moments like that and especially i mean that is such a powerful moment just some of the things that he says i mean the you shall not pass the way that he is standing as sort of With crazy not eyes. a gatekeeper but like a, a form of protection between it's not the ultimate evil but definitely like getting on up there a bad one he's yeah. really bad and he's standing bad. in protection and there's like one way between him and this like he's he alone is what's in between yeah. them and um you know, he's like, go back to the shadow. <laughs> I love that line. Um, it's it's it is super powerful. But what There's is so like much stuff in what's there. the difference between like we talked about this? It's one thing to be like, 
that is a great moment. Do you see this wizard staff? And let's think about like, this is what this represents. Yeah. What is that moment in your life? Oh, uh, you know, and to bring that in, because we've all been there when there's been a sermon illustration. Yep. Um, I've seen like clay, you know, everybody gets a little piece of clay <laughs> or yeah. um, drawing, a, having artists drawing a picture on stage. And there's one moment uh, in our church yeah. where our our pastor was um, doing a sermon on the story of the prodigal son. Yep. And this this moment where he literally shaves his head yep. on stage, and everybody's like, "He didn't shave his head on stage. He didn't. He didn't shave oh, his head on stage. So he it, was, came it was like a two part oh, sermon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, he he it was, involved shaving his head. Yeah, and it was so it was dramatic. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what was going on here is like this drama and really oh absolutely implanting yeah. this thing in your mind. So what's the difference between that and then sort of bringing it into practice? Into practice. Yeah, I think the um, main so, something fictional. The main difference is that uh, our pastor did not go home and tell us to shave our heads. Yeah, um, like it's it's seeing this, understanding the idea, understanding the power of the moment, and there's so much more. If you if you examine what actually happened in that scene, rather than just taking that one little piece, like. Gandalf himself, he he he's the last one out. Mm-hmm. Okay, he makes sure everybody else gets across the bridge, right? And he stops, and he turns around and then faces the Balrog, mm-hmm. and then ultimately sacrifices himself. You know, so mm-hmm. that things can continue on. Again, he knew what was happening. He knew what needed to be done. He knew the Balrog. He understood what, like all of this stuff. He had a a contextual understanding right. of the event. Uh-huh. He didn't hear that morning. But he knew what was at stake. Like, oh, well, everybody grab the staff. <laughs> if everybody had grabbed the staff, they would all have been dead. What do you mean? Oh, oh. In, in the scene, like if oh, they had all it. grabbed I'm the staff. I'm sorry, I was <laughs> you know, so like, thinking the wrong thing. So to me, I, I look at that and I go, eh, close. Right. Super cool. And I loved it. We can, we can, uh, so, so that, you know, kind of the last thing that we're talking about is like, how do we keep a balance between appreciating allegory and, and in storytelling? Yeah. Um, and, you know, as nerds, how do we, how do we navigate that? And I, right. It's, I think that it would be cool. And we've done similar things. Um, uh, one time, our our pastor preached through um, uh, C.S. Lewis, the Chronicles of Narnia, or not specifically the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, and just drawing out certain elements and making spiritual ties. Oh yeah, and I think you can do that with a lot of things, and it's really cool to do that. We just have to be really careful of bringing a practice from something practice. extra biblical yep. into our worship. Um, that. To me, is the def- like that's a clear yeah. line. There's a moment where it's too much, mm-hmm. um, and I think at this conference, that moment was go home and do this. Um, and for me, it just it crossed the line. I mean, I th- I think, and we know this because we've we've seen it a lot in our lives too. It's like there are even in the nerd world, there are people that take 
LARPing, which is live action role play or role play gaming too far. And it becomes sure. a, it becomes a a part of who they are, not a part of what. The, oof, burp. It becomes a part of who they are, not not just what they do, but like this is their person. This is right. their identity, and you you can't you can't do that because that's that is meant as an escape. It's not meant as actual real life. Mm-hmm. So, Lord of the Rings, it's a work of fiction. Um, if you ask Tolkien, it's not even allegorical. Like, right. yeah. just stop. Just enjoy the story. But even with the Lord, our uh, with C.S. Lewis and Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, we went through that as the sermon series. But we didn't sacrifice a lion mm-hmm. on a you know on a stone tablet. Um, you know, it's like, and there are things that it's like, as as nerds, I think so. Spiritism is one of the things that God spoke to his people about. And yeah. that's when you're when you're seeking to be involved in the spirit world outside of these ways that he gave us to do them. Yeah. Um we need to be very wary of that and kind of not do it. Yeah. So um, do you want me to tell the story about the guy at the library? I think that's... that you should. And, be, and before you do, I, I just think it's it's very important from like a nerd standpoint to to understand, and also from a Christian standpoint, or you know, if you're agnostic or atheist or whatever, it doesn't matter to me. But we, I brought up the idea of contextual knowledge just a little bit of ago. I brought I brought it up with with Anna before we started recording because I wanted that to be, I wanted that to be a a central point for the conversation. In that, if you just look at that one moment in Lord of the Rings, period, just that moment you lose you lose really the power of the moment mm-hmm. when you don't look at it contextually and holistically and I'll, we do that as christians all the time mm-hmm. with scripture and stories and events and stuff like that you know everybody's favorite jeremiah 29 11 oh, yeah. oh you know the plans i have for you to grow you and prosper you and not to harm you it's like that chapter sucks to read. Yeah. It's a tough chapter, but we take one of the most hopeful and inspiring bumper stickers that we possibly can out of that. And I just, I don't, as a nerd, that that's what hit me about this was it was like, well, you, you missed it. Yeah, that was cool. But now you're trying to turn that into an actual practice. There's, there's not even a legitimate context for that. You took an actual practice of stamping a staff and saying specific words, but that was meant to stop the Balrog. Like if you want to be literal about it, you got to be literal about it. You can't say, well, that Balrog for me now represents the spirit of racism. It's like, well, you, are, you, are we actually going to do it or are we not actually going to do it? Because in Lord of the Rings, that's not what that was. It was the Balrog that was trying to kill them. Also, it's worth noting that the guy that stamped the staff got pulled down into a deep dark pit like <laughs> yeah we'll just cut we'll, we'll cut it off at the end there and mm-hmm. you know not worry about mm-hmm. the rest of it but yeah the the rest of that scene is just a lot of crying a lot of crying it was very hard yeah and also you know boromir don't save him leave him alone come on frodo get out of here okay you have a, you have a really great story oh, well just kind of about like dabbling in the in the worlds of 
spiritism and mm. you know i don't know when you get into some of these weird things there's this i think it's funny it is serious it's but a little funny the yeah. story is a little bit funny because we were in the i was in the library and i was at the circulation desk talking to i, I don't know i was checking out books or whatever yeah. and this guy comes in who it's surakaya comes in got it who Sarakaya comes I in. I don't know who that Who's is. Sarakaya? I don't know what. Who's Sarakaya? From The Office? When Jim and Pam are talking on the phone and he's I'm like so distracted. Confused. I don't and remember Pam, this. Pam is talking to him and she says, Sarakaya oh, yeah. comes in. He's like, who's Sarakaya comes in? And she's like, no, Sarakaya comes in. Jim, I need you to pay attention. Listen to me. Anyway, continue. <laughs> okay. Anyway, he was pretty, I don't know. He, he looked like the loner type and it just... If you have a stereotypical D and D player in your mind, just the really tropey one. Yeah, he was that guy. Yeah, and um, he comes up to the librarian and he's like, uh, "Do you have any books on magic?" And the librarian is like, "Uh, well, you y- yes, but what what are we talking about here? Like, are we talking about?" Are card tricks? Are we talking about illusions? Are you wanting to, you know, is it like pulling rabbits out of hats? Is it magic magic? Is it? And he's like, uh, magic magic. (laughs) 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 It was all in that moment. I was just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, sure. And, you know, points him in the direction of the books that he is looking to acquire that day. And I just was like, this did not just happen next to me. Uh, it's, it was, it's an uncomfortable and kind of comical. And I don't know. Um, it reminded me, my mom's shop used to be, we had a cross stitch yarn spinning. Yeah. I don't know, all of the things shop. And directly next door was um, one of the yeah. friendly local game stores that did get into kind of the really weird role playing stuff. Yeah, this was decades ago so it wasn't necessarily your your run-of-the-mill friendly local game store yeah, it was yeah. dark it was pretty dark yeah like figuratively and literally that the lights were off a lot in there yeah <laughs> and she man my mom hated hated, hated sharing it. a building Golly, with these people man. you could mention that to her today and she would lose oh, her mind man and it was i mean so that was like spiritual feud going on all the time and and these types were like in and out of there all the time and it just reminded me uh, i was like oh man that guy's going to the gamers vault today (laughs) (laughs) so uh, fast forward to this bethel clip and you're like dang that person's on stage like this is happening right now it's like What's the healthy balance? That's the final question. Well, what is... I don't know. I don't know that that lady I would classify as going into the gamer's vault today. She was. I don't know, man. She might. She might go. She might go. I don't, well, but, I don't know. But we have to. We have to define what is. What's a healthy balance between your life as a nerd mm-hmm. and your theology and mm-hmm. or religion or whatever, however you want to define that, like yep. your belief system. Mm-hmm. And so, for me as a Christian. It's constantly, constantly a balancing act. Um, you know, am I am I leaning too much into my nerd, or am I, you know, leaning too much in into my, you know, my Christianity? Which some people would say that's that's never a bad thing, but I have to keep the balance because with love thy nerd, we are trying to change the preconceived notions that the church has with nerd culture and nerds have with church culture. So, 
if ever I lean too heavy in one area at the wrong time, it breaks. Mm -hmm. And so it is a balancing act. Um, but I can say without a shadow of a doubt that this video in question, um, severely out of balance. <laughs> um, definitely dancing on the other side of the line. Mm. So a little weird. Yeah. Well, hey guys, we're going to take a really short break. And when we come back, we're going to have more church nerds. We're going to give you our nerdy recommendation for the week. I bet you'll never guess what it is. And we're also going to hit you with the church nerds memory verse right here on back row radio. We are back with Church Nerds to close out the show, and today's nerdy recommendation is... Lord of the Rings. What? what? Read some books, Get people. Get Or watch a movie. Or a cartoon. Do both. Or cartoon. Depending on when you listen to this in the future, not in the now, but Amazon is in the process of creating a live action television series. For Lord of the Rings? Yeah. So Netflix is doing potentially Chronicles of Narnia, which we want to talk about as well. Man, I'm here for that. Let's go. Uh, and Amazon's doing Lord of the Rings. What That's, is the yeah. deal? Interesting. They're, they're, they're great. Um, so really, not a whole lot on that. Uh, mm. Just go read a book or watch a movie. Probably you've done that, but do it I again. mean, some people do not like Peter Jackson's interpretation. I'm talking about you, Ben Wyatt. Parks and Rec. I didn't appreciate Peter Jackson's interpretation. Um, <laughs> but maybe for me, they're just very nostalgic. Also, again, Legolas the Elf, if you're listening, I love you forever. Oh, my gosh. Um, She's married. <laughs> um, anyway, they're so good. I really do like the movies. Twin Tower, or the Twin Towers is mm. not a thing. The Two Towers yeah, not that I'm is aware of. probably my least favorite but there's still just so much, I don't know, they're really good. And they were in the age when like CGI was getting good yeah. and makeup like Jim Henson, it is not. Yeah. So. Well, and oh, hey, if we, you've if you got three weeks to kill, you can watch the extended editions. Okay. So, yeah, we had the extended editions and we had all of the appendices. Mm -hmm. And so I have watched all of those things about the the making of the Lord of the Rings and the Weta workshops and all of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is it's totally fascinating. fascinating. It's fascinating. Totally fascinating. And I would recommend if you haven't if you've been in the Lord of the Rings ecosystem for a while, but you've not yet delved into the Silmarillion, it's a tough read. I think that's like black belt nerd level. It really is. All What's of the after black belt. Double black Double belt. Double black. Blacker belt. Black hole belt. Uh, onyx. No, you're 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 moving. Noir. Away. Noir. <laughs> Noir belt. <laughs> um, it's it is a tough read because it's not written as a novel. Right. It's a collection of like short stories right, because about because it lore. was edited and published posthumously. Yes. By Tolkien's son Christopher. Yeah. Tolkien. And so I would say go like all of the stuff I shared with you about the origins of uh, Gandalf. Mm -hmm. That's from the Silmarillion. Yeah, that's not really in like you're not going to only need to know these things if you want to know them kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you're when you read the Silmarillion, you'll go back and 
you'll watch or read some of the Lord of the Rings stuff and those words will come mm. out and, and you'll be like, and you'll have oh, the context and go, oh, I know that word. I know what that's that where now. that came from. That never made sense before this um, moment. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Some of those words are in the scene where yep, Gandalf yep, yep, stamps yep. the yes, staff. They are. So um, go ahead and do that. But Hey, we also have our church nerds memory verse for the week. Anna, what is it? All right. So this week we're going to, Talk about first, well, not talk about, just memorize it. We'll people. talk about you memorizing Think about it. Yeah. Write it on your bathroom mirror. I don't know what you do. I don't think I so. didn't you know do what post-its. I, You're a post-it lady. If they put this in a Dr. Seuss book, I, I got it. Okay. I'm good at Fair memorizing enough. Dr. Seuss. Could, they, could it just rhyme more? No. I don't know how to make this rhyme. But here's what it actually is. First Thessalonians 5.21, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. And so if we're talking about this in context, this is written to the Thessalonian church, um, which there's kind of two churches in contrast here. Yeah. We've got the Berean church where Paul goes and they have sort of an open mind, but are testing everything he's saying yeah. against scripture and they end up believing. And then you've got the Thessalonican church that it, they just come and try to wreck shop on the Bereans and yeah, they are yeah. not, not fans. Well, not not the church, I guess, of Thessalonica, but the people. People of, yeah. They're not very, they're not big fans of it, but Paul's writing to the church of yeah. Thessalonica, hey, you know the Bereans? They, do that. They've got it going do on. Do what they do. Yeah, the Bereans are like poster children um, for, you know, how, how we should be mm-hmm. acting. Yep. Um, so yeah, there you go. First Thessalonians 5.21, but test everything, hold fast what is good. And I think that's perfect for this. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. God, when stuff, when weird stuff happens. And I mean, before you throw something out or before you cast out the spirit of racism yep. in the church with a wizard staff, yep. test everything. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably an Amazon Prime um, wizard staff. Hey. Well, hey, be sure to check us out online at lovethynerd.com for amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show and our other podcasts and videos. And if you would like to directly support our mission, which would be absolutely dope, and become a financial partner with us, please go ahead and visit lovethynerd.com forward slash partner. We are a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. You can also find us on social media at lovethynerd on all major platforms, as well as right here on Back Row Radio each and every Friday morning. And you can also follow us on Twitter at churchnerdsltn. Let us know, tweet us, hit us up. We still got games we want to give away. Not doing one this week, but we have one that some that we want to give away. Mm-hmm. So if you'll tweet this out, um, just retweet it. We'll maybe put you in the drawing to win the copy of uh, Disney's Villainous that we have from last week. So we had a bot and backer radio retweet. Those don't count. I'm not giving. Yeah. Ba- I'm not giving backer radio my games. Get out of here. <laughs> it's not happening. A little, uh, a little too close. Yeah. Yeah, nepotism. Well, once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And we'll catch you next week on another episode of Church Nerds. And as always, if no one else tells you this, I promise it's true that Jesus loves you, nerd. Bye.